there, I'm Leah Ben Miller, the worship leader of the local church, and you're listening to the local church podcast featuring the messages from our Sunday liturgy. The local church is a bold, inclusive faith community based in Chatham County, North Carolina, and our mantra is our mission, love where you are. We gather for affirming, anchoring, and empowering worship every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. at Woods Charter School and online via Facebook Live and YouTube. No matter where you find yourself physically, spiritually, or emotionally, you belong at the local church. And we're so glad you're here. Our first scripture reading this morning is from Isaiah in the Old Testament, chapter 42, verses 1 through 9. Here is my servant, here is my servant whom I uphold, my chosen in whom my soul delights. I've put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the nations. He will not cry out or lift up his voice or make it heard in the street. A bruised reed he will not break, and a dimly burning wick he will not quench. He will faithfully bring forth justice. He will not grow faint or be crushed until he has established justice in the earth and the coastlands wait for his teaching. Thus says God the Lord, who created the heavens and stretched them out, who spread out the earth and what it comes, what comes from it, who gives breath to the people upon it and spirit to those who walk in it. I am the Lord. I have called you in righteousness. I have taken you by the hand and kept you. I have given you as a covenant to the people, a light to the nations, to open the eyes that are blind, to bring out the prisoners from the dungeon, from the prison, those who sit in darkness. I am the Lord that is my name. My glory I give to no other nor my praise to idols. See, the former things have come to pass, and new things I now declare. Before they spring forth, I tell you of them. Our second scripture reading is from the Gospel according to Matthew in the New Testament, chapter 3, verses 13 through 17. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for it is proper for us in this way to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. And when Jesus had been baptized, just as he came up from the water, suddenly the heavens were opened to him, and he saw God's Spirit descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from the heavens said, This is my Son, the Beloved, with whom I am well pleased. This is the Word of God for all of God's creation. Thanks be to God.
Good morning, friends. Tell me if this has happened to you, all right? Uh, uh, it's Monday, you're catching up with somebody, and they ask you, uh, what'd you do this weekend? What'd you do this weekend? And your mind just goes blank. Anybody else? It often happens to me when I call my parents, my mom or my dad will ask, what'd y'all do this weekend? And, and nothing. I just go blank. I just go blank. I mean, it was just yesterday, right? It just happened, and I can't for the life of me remember what I did. I can say church. That's usually a given, but that's beyond that. It's anybody's guess. It's anybody's guess. It's up there with, what'd you have for dinner last night? You know, it's hard to remember, and, uh, and, and there's a good chance. I'd have to think, if you ask me to that, that uh, I'd have to think really, really hard about it to come up with the answer. If you're interested in why this happens, scientists have discovered that many of our memories, especially ones termed short-term visual memory, like a plate of food or somebody's face or the sign on a highway uh, when, you're, when you're driving, those are all stored in what's called your visual working memory. Basically, they're stored there temporarily uh, while your brain works on all the other things that it has coming at it. And if they're needed again in the short term, they're there, you can pick them up. Uh, but if not, after a certain period of time, researchers have found it's just completely wiped, like emptying the trash on your MacBook, right? It's just gone. You can't access it anymore. That's why cramming for a test is a terrible idea. It's why, uh, it's why I got an A in Greek, but here 10 years later, I can't remember a whole lot of it. That's a humble brag, by the way. But bottom line, we have terrible memories, and I share all of this because it's why we need today Baptism of the Lord Sunday, as Leah mentioned. I'll explain more in just a moment, but first, a quick word of welcome. My name is Brent. I have the great joy of serving here as the pastor of the local church, and, uh, and we say three things uh, every time we gather. We hope for three things. Every time that you connect with the local church in any way, we want you to feel affirmed, anchored, and empowered. Affirmed in your belovedness as the child of God that you are, anchored in the good news that we share together each week, and empowered to take that good news into the world to love where you are. Affirmed, anchored, and empowered all by God's grace. Wherever you are in your spiritual journey or on no journey at all, we want you to know you have a place here at the local church. We are more whole with you, as Leah mentioned. You belong here. You're more than welcome. You belong, and we thank God for you. If we haven't had the chance to meet yet, would love to do that after the service. I'll be out there. Uh, would love to say hi, and uh, as Leah mentioned as well, we also have these cards that can help us come to know you more fully uh, and some boxes at the bottom to help you take your next steps here among us. But again, we're so glad that you're here. As we begin, let's just be quiet for a moment. Holy God, in the stillness, you speak. Words of belovedness, words of grace, words of mercy, words our souls are longing to hear. Amidst the noise of our lives, O oh God, open our ears, open our hearts to hear and to respond. May we find you anew here in the stillness and hear again the words that you have spoken over us time and time again, whispering our name. Beloved, 
may it be so anew in us today. In the name of Jesus, your son, with whom you are well pleased, we pray. Amen. Where were we? I can't remember. Just kidding. That's a joke. Baptism of the Lord Sunday. I was telling you about our terrible memories because it's why we need today. Baptism of the Lord Sunday. It falls every year uh, on the Sunday after Epiphany, which we celebrated last week. Epiphany, if you remember, uh, if you remember, means manifest, revelation, or new understanding. Manifest, revelation, or new understanding. It's more than an aha moment, more than a great idea. Uh, but for us, it marks the day in which the Magi come to worship Jesus. Jesus, the moment we receive a new understanding of who God is, it's the moment in which we discover how God's love is made manifest in the person of Jesus, uh, not in a lavish palace either, but among the poor, the marginalized, the outcast, the forgotten. It's the moment Jesus is revealed as God with us, that revelation as God with us. This is an epiphany for all of us in our seeking. And we spend a few weeks then living, basking really in the light of this revelation, this manifestation, this new understanding of who God is in Jesus. And on the Sunday after Epiphany each year, we celebrate Baptism of the Lord Sunday. It's the Sunday on which we hear again the story that Hannah read this morning, just a bit ago, of Jesus' baptism by John in the Jordan River. A story that, that continues on the theme, carries on that theme of manifestation and revelation and new understanding, especially when we hear the voice of God break through the heavens and say, this is my son, the beloved, with whom I am well pleased. In this moment, God claims Jesus as his own, leaving no question among those who had gathered there on the riverbank that this is the long-awaited Messiah who would save them and restore the fortunes of their people, Israel. It's the same promise that Isaiah describes in the first passage that Hannah read from the Old Testament. The prophet Isaiah, the story of God and God's people before Jesus bursts onto the scene. That's the Old Testament. It's why these two were read together, the Isaiah passage and this gospel reading. Isaiah is describing the one who is chosen, the one in whom God's soul delights, the one who carries the spirit of God to bring forth justice and equity to the nations, a light to the people to open the eyes of the blind, to set free those who are imprisoned, those in need of liberation from places of deep darkness and body, mind and soul, places of oppression too. When we go back and hear these words from Isaiah in light of this moment at Jesus' baptism, it's meant to, to make it clear without any shadow of a doubt that this is that Jesus. This Jesus is that one that Isaiah is talking about. In Jesus' baptism, he's given an identity and a purpose, an identity and a purpose deeply rooted in that identity. As if to say, this is what it means to be the son of God, the word made flesh, God's good news with skin on. As Isaiah describes it, Jesus' purpose is to bring justice, to be light, to set free and to liberate. It's a purpose deeply rooted in his identity as God with us. A purpose pronounced when the voice from heaven comes and says, this is my son, the beloved with whom I am well pleased. An identity and a purpose deeply rooted in that identity. And so it's fitting, I think, that, that baptism of the Lord Sunday comes so close to the first of the year. 
so close to the start of the new year. Because as we start fresh and start anew, taking on resolutions and, and mantras and my word for the year, whatever that might be, pondering what this new year might bring, it's important every year to kind of go back to the start, isn't it? And this is a beginning for Jesus. This is where it begins, where it's about to get real. Because from here, from this moment at baptism, you know what happens next? He goes into the wilderness. From here, immediately, he's driven into the wilderness to be tempted and parched, weak and vulnerable anew. I imagine we know something about that too. Those wilderness places, moments of confusion and disorientation, moments we'd rather be anywhere else, seasons in which it's hard to see any light at the end of the tunnel, seasons in which it might be easy to forget who we are and what we're about, our own identities, our own purpose, those given to us in baptism as well. Because here's the thing, y'all, on baptism of the Lord Sunday, we don't just remember Jesus' baptism. We take time to remember our own. If we've been baptized, we're initiated into the body of Christ. And that means that in ways that we can't fully wrap our minds around, ways that we can't fully understand or explain, we believe that in our baptisms, we're actually taking part in Jesus's baptism. We too are given an identity and a purpose. We become children of God, claimed, marked, and beloved as God's own and given a purpose deeply rooted again in that identity to be a faithful disciple of Jesus empowered to embody equity and justice. These echoes from Isaiah equity and justice to, to be bearers of light in our neighborhoods, our communities and our world to be a people who seek the liberation of those who are bound in whatever way that might be. And I want to say, I should say that, that if you haven't been baptized or if you're not sure, I would love to talk with you about what that might mean for you. But it's easy to forget that purpose in baptism, isn't it? It's easy to forget why we're here. A lot of life happens from Saturday to Sunday, from January to December. A lot happens in that mix, and memories can become easily wiped along the way if we don't need to access it. It's why we need today this touch point. It's why we need this reminder. It's why we need baptism of the Lord Sunday. I had coffee earlier this week with a new friend. We got to talking about all of the, the narratives, the narratives that have come to define our lives, the sort of stories that, if we're honest, we've given ourselves over to, the stories to which we've surrendered our identity and thus our purpose, our means for existence. What is it for you? Can we think about that together for a minute? What, what might that be for you? It might be uh, the story of a partisan political system in which we've given over our identities to one party or another, wrapping ourselves in red or blue and letting a sort of tribalism take over us at the expense of common ground and seeing the goodness, the beauty, and the humanity, the particularity of another. Maybe it's the story of the American dream in which we've given our identities over to a narrative of what success is, what it looks like, letting our purpose become all about that pursuit at the expense of mutuality, being our brother or sister's keeper. Maybe it's the story of independence and every man for himself, because if you don't help yourself, no one else will. A narrative in which we begin to see others as threat rather than gift. 
with a purpose that becomes rooted in self-preservation and skepticism at the expense of love that casts out fear. Maybe we've wrapped ourselves in the story of what we do or how much we can produce, lives defined by our, out, our output or our Instagram aesthetic or the diets that we adhere to. It's easy to let these narratives creep into the cracks of our lives and take hold and claim us while the narrative of the gospel, an origin story of belovedness with a purpose of generosity and selflessness becomes secondary. Are you with me? It's why we need today. With this new year, I've been working through a program to help me clarify some vision, set some goals for the new year. Uh, it's been a lot of fun, but also really, really challenging at times. Uh, it's invited me to sort of take a 360 degree view of my life, everything, my relationships, my habits, my calendar, Ugh, a lot of fun. Uh, one of the first things it asked me to do one of the first things it asked me to do is to write a vision for my future self. A vision for my future self. It essentially asks this question. When you get to the end of your life, what do you want to have been true of you? When you get to the end of your life, what do you want to have been true of you? In other words, who do you want to be? And the answers to these questions will help you set priorities and sketch out your rhythms, really get some clarity. And it's working. It's working. I'd love to tell you more about it. To some of you, this process may sound terrible, but to an Enneagram 3 like me, it's amazing. I love it. I can't get enough. But these questions over these last few weeks have led me to do some intense soul searching, some intense soul searching and prayer and discernment about where I am now, about where I want to be where I'm feeling called to be in the future, what it will take to get there. But what's been most revealing is that when I think about the end, it doesn't look too different from what was true at the beginning and what's been there all along, what's been true all along. Because when I think about my vision for my future self, what I want to be true at the end is not about having a lot of money, Obviously, <laughs> it's not about becoming the most productive or efficient version of myself. It's not about winning anything or attaining some prestigious title. And my life's end goal, my vision for my own future, I use words like, like peace and wisdom, empowering, deeply loved. I can pull it up and show it to you. Like, I... These are the words. And as I was thinking through some of this in the early morning hours this week, while also thinking about baptism of the Lord Sunday today, I couldn't help but think about the ways that the end I long for and the dream that I have for my own life, for those around me, is so intimately connected to my beginning. A beginning marked by baptism by a God who tells me that I'm deeply loved, whose very nature is peace, who is wisdom personified, who empowers with spirit, with the breath of life in our lungs. My end and beginning are strikingly similar. And perhaps we just veer off course, forgetting where we're headed or how we get there and need help finding the way home. That's what today is all about. And I wonder if that's true for you too. As we continue to take these fresh steps into a fresh new year, 
How would you answer that question? When you get to the end, what do you want to have been true for you? And I wonder if perhaps that end looks a lot like your own beginning. A beginning in which it's rooted in your baptism, where you too find your own identity and purpose. When you responded to those questions that were asked at your baptism, those questions that maybe were responded on your behalf from the baptismal covenant, these were the questions at the beginning. Do you renounce the spiritual forces of wickedness, reject the evil powers of this world, and repent of your sin? Next question. Do you accept the freedom and the power that God gives you to resist evil, injustice, and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves? Do you confess Jesus Christ as your Savior, put your whole trust in his grace, and promise to serve him as your Lord in union with the church, which Christ has opened to people of all ages, nations, and races. What do you want to have been true for you when you get to the end? Maybe we've forgotten what home is and could just use some help finding the way back. As you think about it, I want to point out one quick, interesting exchange in the gospel reading that Hannah read. It's the moment when John the baptizer gets into a bit of an argument with Jesus, wondering why Jesus is the one to be baptized. John's like, shouldn't it be me who baptizes you, what's the deal? But Jesus responds in this way. In verse 15, he says, let it be so now for it is proper for us in this way to fulfill all righteousness. Makes a lot of sense, right? It's a joke. It's an odd line. It's an odd line and one that's only found in Matthew's version of Jesus's baptism. And what's important to know is that the word righteousness, the word righteousness doesn't necessarily mean moral perfection or doing everything right all the time, but instead implies a right relationship, an alignment between how things are and how they're meant to be. And so when Jesus is talking about fulfilling all righteousness, he means he's restoring relationship. He's bringing himself into alignment with those who are also being baptized. That's why he chooses to be baptized, to bring himself into alignment with those who are in need of forgiveness, in need of second chances, in need of grace, there's an alignment there, putting things right. And so today, in spite of our terrible memories, we get some help remembering where we've come from and where we're going. We get some help remembering the story that defines our life, a story of belovedness and peace and wisdom spoken over us at baptism. Today, we remember who and whose we are. Tomorrow, though, the challenge tomorrow is to live as if it's still true. To live as if it's still true. The challenge from here is that each day, as we make choices and small momentary decisions toward what Matthew would call righteousness, moments that bring us into alignment with that way of being, the challenge is that our doing will flow from that being. Our doing, doing, our calendars, our tasks, our budgets, our actions, our doing would be in alignment with what's been true all along. I love this quotation from author Annie Dillard in her book, The Writing Life. She says, how we spend our days is, of course, how we spend our lives. How we spend our days is, of course, how we spend our lives. 
What do you want to have been true for you when you get to the end? May you discover your end in your beginning as you remember your baptism today, beloved and claimed as God's own. And tomorrow, go live as if it's true. And don't forget. But if you do, come on back. We'll remind you next week. In the name of God, creator, redeemer, and sustainer. Amen. If you love what you hear, share this episode or send it to someone who could use a little good news this week. We'd also love for you to leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. It's an easy way to share the love. You can learn more about the local church at our website, growlocal.church, or just come see us one week. Thanks for listening and love where you are.